Most first responders and members of law enforcement will tell you that during their years of service, they've seen just about everything. Brutal murders, high-speed chases, violent robberies, crimes of passion, traumatic deaths, and everything between. All of which would likely be rationalized or explained with little more than a shrug of the shoulders and a muttering of, quote, the world's a crazy place, under their breath. But what do you do when you find yourself in a situation that eludes all rational explanation? The following true accounts you're about to hear come from first responders and members of law enforcement that witnessed something their training could never have prepared them for. That's true! I'm so sorry. I was like... <laughs> He just couldn't let me get that one last sentence. I was sentence trying. Out. It was holding yeah. in for so long. <laughs> <laughs> just see you like rioting over there. Like, uh. <laughs> Christian is possessed. <laughs> the following true accounts you're about to hear come from first responders and members of law enforcement that witnessed something their training could never have prepared them for. Something they'd not soon forget. And that is Freaky Deaky. Freaky That was so hard. I was, and then you like stopped and I was like, please just don't mess up again. <laughs> Come on. I was like, just yeah. get to that's freaky deaky and then you can sneeze. Yeah. Oh. So welcome back to the freaky deaky. Uh, Christian completely blew our cold open there. Don't worry, blue is during right. the intro. No, that's yeah. what I, I love the opening. So yeah. thank you'll, you. You'll have to edit me out of there. I, I will. And then people will be like, what do you mean? It sounded fine. Like now he sneezed. Guys, I'll put yeah. it I'll put it after the outro music. We'll, we'll keep things short. <sighs> um yeah, that was so painful. Today, yeah, it looked painful. <laughs> uh, today we're just gonna be sharing some some stories from law enforcement about Things of the creepy variety, which is always a plus. God, there was something I was going to say right off the top. Oh, yeah. If you're not already doing so, be sure to follow us on social media. We are at Freaky Deaky Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and at TFD Paranormal on TikTok. You can find us there. Be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. We've been trying to spit out some of these videos for you. Paranormal Shorts, The Unexplained, stuff that is a little shorter than normal episodes that we just kind of want to get out there in video format. We have a lot of fun doing that, and I think you guys would enjoy it. They would. And yes. if, uh, if you happen to know any anyone in law enforcement that has seen something that they can't explain, paranormal or otherwise, have them send in their story to the gang at thefreakydeaky.com. We would love to hear it. If they're local in Alaska, we would love to sit down and talk to him about it. But uh, without further ado, let's dive in, shall we? Dive into the murky waters. The murky depths of the freaky deaky. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> All right. This first one comes from uh, Melissa Davis via Lauren W. Christensen. The book Cops, True Stories of the Paranormal, UFOs, and Other Shivers. Shivers. Interesting interesting word choice for that. That's a good word, though. Shivers. Let's see if you give the story gives the shivers. Oh, you know that's right. Shout out to all the psych fans. All right. Roanoke's busy city center is abundant with striking historic buildings, fine dining, and a variety of small shops and large department stores where one can where one can while away a fun filled day. 
like an ad to go see I've the never town. Heard that. I've never heard that phrasing like while away. Yeah, that's, while away. That's an afternoon. old phrasing. Yeah. 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 So sorry. That's on the town pamphlet. Like old timey voice. Then it's, wow. it's, see? it's yeah. yeah. It's before my time. No, that's impossible, Christian. It is be realistic. <laughs> <laughs> the dinosaurs were around. <laughs> I'm an eternal. Yeah, that is evident. Um, and a variety of small shops and large department stores where one can while away a fun-filled day. It's a medium-sized town with crime problems typical of other like-sized cities across the country. I served on the Roanoke Police Department for 27 years, retiring in 2002 as a detective sergeant. In the mid-1980s, my partner David Ragland and I were working a burglary detail patrolling in uniform in an unmarked van. It was just before twilight when we spotted a suspicious-looking vehicle moving slowly through a neighborhood. We began to tail him, thinking he was possibly casing houses, but he quickly made us and took off at a high rate of speed. We called for a uniformed car to stop him, and though he was doing 70 miles per hour, we did our best to keep him in our sights as we followed him in our, in our unmarked. It eventually became apparent that he was heading towards Schaefer's Crossing, a hundred-foot-long concrete railroad tunnel Pursuits are always risky and never more so than when a desperate man is pushing his vehicle close to 75 miles per hour. Then, as quickly as it began, the pursuit came to an abrupt, explosive stop. We'll never know if the driver overcompensated his steering or lost control in a moment of panic, exhilaration, or any number of other causes. But for whatever reason, he navigated his two tons of steel, chrome, and rubber straight into the concrete archway. Dave Raglan and I were about 200 feet behind the speeding car when it crashed, and we both watched in shock as the destroyed vehicle lifted about two feet into the air. We remained in control of our van and ourselves and stopped a ways behind the crash. Just as shocking was when the suspect driver, a white male, 5 feet 10 inches and husky at about 180 pounds, squeezed out of the small driver's window, seemingly unscathed, and dashed off into the tunnel. As longtime partners are disposed to do, we didn't waste a second talking about it, but instead took off at a dead run after the man. He was running hard, but so were we, and we never lost sight of him. We managed to close the distance and got close enough to see him clearly. That is, until he vanished. We stopped. What the? There were no exits in the tunnel, period. We looked all around, examined every inch of the passageway, but there was simply no trace of him. None. We were disconcerted, confused, and feeling every other kind of emotion as we reluctantly headed back to the tunnel's entrance. As we neared the crash site, we could see our van, the totaled suspect car, and the driver. It was the same man, clothes, height, and weight we had just been chasing, but he was sitting in the car, in the driver's seat. The steering wheel and the dashboard had crushed his chest, killing him. Shocked, we managed to call for a supervisor and a traffic unit to come to the scene. We told the supervisor what had occurred, how we had spotted the suspicious vehicle, pursued it, witnessed the crash, ran after the driver, but lost him when he simply vanished right in front of us, only to find him a few minutes later behind the wheel of his car his life crushed out. The supervisor was an older and wiser man, especially wise in the ways of the department and how other cops think. He told us to write our reports, but leave out all references to us pursuing the dead man on foot. In short, don't say anything about chasing the spirit or whatever it was. David Ragland and I are both retired now and still friends. He is a very religious and church-going man, and while we have occasionally talked about that evening, he still has no opinion on what we saw 
nor do I. Both of us have discussed it with his minister, but no explanation has come forth from him either. That is, no explanation other than we saw and chased the actual spirit of the deceased driver still fleeing from the police. That's an interesting story. That one gets me. I've read that a few times now because I've had this book for a while. But every time I read that, it catches me off guard. I'm like, oh, yeah. what's going to happen? Like, oh, shit. Wow. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Like your first moments in the afterlife, you just get catapulted out and you're like, oh, shit, the cops, the cops, the cops. You run from the cops. So, yeah. And then all of a sudden you like hopefully run into the light and you're like, what the heck? that's just not happening. the light. That's a tunnel. Yeah. It's a nuts story. Yeah, that's I crazy. thought it was going a different way at first. Yeah. I thought it was going to be like a like a miracle, like he survived. Or something. Yeah, <laughs> because I've seen something kind of like that. Yeah, in a high speed chase that used to be on TV all the time in California. Hmm. I remember watching one, and, and I was standing in a donut shop. This high speed chase is going on between the cops and uh, like a Corvette hmm. on the highway to Vegas. So it was like. 130 mile per hour per hour speeds yeah and somehow it lost control clipped the back of a semi and it just started losing control and you see like the door pop open on the corvette and the guy come flying out sliding on his knees <laughs> the corvette just gets you know yeah flies off and just gets thrashed and the the cops are just getting out of the car like stunned to see this guy on his hands and knees alive still. Yeah. I'd imagine his knees would be pretty torn up from something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And but they, is that like just adrenaline at that point? Like, like, I think he was just lucky and it happened so quick and he was so lucky. He didn't realize like he probably thought he was dying. Yeah. And all of a sudden he's sliding. His brain probably wasn't even there yet. Like shock maybe. Yeah. Took a while to catch up. Yeah. Like yeah. this spirit who was so shocked that they didn't realize they were dead and were still running from the cops. Yeah. And that's kind of what we talked about in a previous episode. Like if it's a really traumatic death. Yeah. yeah. Like you're stuck that, like, in that, like until you can get past it yeah. or if you're like a tortured soul. Yeah. That is really interesting. Unfortunately, we'll never know the answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like half this stuff, we can theorize about it till yeah. the cows come home. But yeah. I'd like to say if we go back to our, one of our recent Halloween episodes hmm. and my get up, he was pruned. Guy was pruned. If anyone out there is wondering, Christian is referencing Loki and Disney Plus yet again yes. for the pod. Mm-hmm. Big fan. Easter egg. <laughs> yeah. Easter Easter That's eggs. Apparently, a very big fan. <laughs> we bit. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. So, so Heather, do you want? All right. To, yeah. yeah I one mean, here. Oops, this sorry. one's a little less dramatic. It's a palate cleanser, if you will. Well, this is the couple. It was cool that nine o'clock fall night. Cool enough for a jacket and wet enough for rain gear. Actually, the rain was slapping my patrol car so hard my wipers were struggling to keep up. I was working as a patrol deputy assigned to a small county with a little over 370,000 people. Small, but it has a reputation for 50 haunted locations, some of which are just legends and hearsay, but others are well documented. Squinting through the rain-hammered windshield, I turned off Lone Rock Road and headed eastbound on Powell Road toward Tall Pines Park. The park's 64 acres of dense woods was quite nice when it wasn't pouring, and I often enjoyed sitting in its parking lot due to my paperwork. A nursing home across from the park sat by itself. The closest house was about three blocks down the opposite side of the road. One of my duties on the night shift was to close the park at dusk and to check to ensure it was clear of people. 
which wouldn't be an issue on such a terrible night, or so I thought. I'd no more pulled onto the lone rock when my hard-working wipers revealed two walking across the road, both wearing jackets with the hoods up over their heads. It was unusual to see anyone out at this hour, especially in a storm without an umbrella, and walking toward Tall Pines Park, of all places. So I pulled up next to them and lowered my passenger window. Everything okay? shouted over the pouring rain. A man, late 40s, leaned in my window. I was taking my mother for a walk, he said, and we're headed home now. There was something about his voice, the tone. It was so dull, almost robotic. And I they... was taking my mother for a walk. <laughs> Much better, Scott. Yeah. And they were out for a walk in a downpour. Still leaning in the window, he added in the strange monotone, We live in the first house on the left. He straightened, and a moment later, an elderly woman's face appeared at my window. Thank you, she said in that same dry, lifeless voice as the man's. Then she too moved away from the opening. I rolled up the window and began to drive off. Wait. I stopped in the middle of the road. There's no house on the left. Only Tall Pines Park is on that side. I looked up in my rearview mirror. The couple wasn't there. I moved the mirror left and right, but I couldn't find them. I grabbed my flashlight, got out, shined it all about. <laughs> I grabbed my flashlight, I got out, shined it all about. <laughs> What'd you do next, Heather? Do the hokey pokey? They were gone. Oh. But how? I quickly got back into my car and thoroughly checked the area. Nothing. But where could they have gone in such a short period of time? I had driven no more than 10 seconds, if that, after I left the couple when I stopped and began searching for them. There was simply nowhere for them to have gone in that time frame. Not into the park, not down the street, nowhere. Later, I asked their deputies if they had seen the couple or if they'd known anyone that lived on the sparsely populated road in that description. None of them had. For seven more years, I worked that area in the small community, and I never saw them again. Spooky. I mean, that's something that, especially when looking into this episode, I found a lot of stories just like that. Different settings, different scenes and all that stuff, obviously. But right. the the old, you know, pulled up on someone and be like, hey, what are you doing? And then... As soon as you're five, ten feet away from, they're nowhere to be seen. You look away, you look back. Where did they go? Aliens. I don't think. I think you might have missed. No, it's just the only reason I say that is the robotic thing. Like somebody's mimicking what humans sound like, right, and not quite pulling off the naturalness of it. Yeah, almost like that Men in Black kind of vibe. Yeah. Remember how we were talking recently about how uh, if everything went quiet in the forest. I do remember that almost as if it was moments ago. Was it moments ago or like an episode ago? Depending on when the right timeline, I, you love timelines, depending on when yeah. the timeline of this episode comes out, then yeah. Exactly. But uh, recently. But I, it's like um, that robotic sounding or unnatural way that you hear some of these stories with how these beings or whatever they are, spirits are talking. Yeah. It like gets you on edge because it doesn't feel natural. That's creepy. Yeah. Yeah. That was um, when I was reading disembodied voices, I think mm-hmm. um, that was a common theme in there. And then that story as well, like the voice coming from the woods was almost robotic sounding. Yeah. That's like creepy. where it was like, you just feel like it just kind of sets you off. You feel like it was almost kind of lure you out into the woods. And uh, yeah, I can't remember. How would you react to something like that? 
like especially you christian being like a skeptic of, of this stuff in general if you heard something like that would you just assume that it was a person like messing with you or would you like literally have like the heebie-jeebies and be like i'm not only never going to talk about this again but i'm not going out in those woods no i'd be like the first thing i'd be doing is scott when are we recording next i got a story there you go that, and, was, the, that was the right answer right and yeah. then um, i'd be calling and like scott bring the salt something's going <laughs> yeah. on and i don't know what Put to a do circle around me yeah yeah i'm like you're gonna be so happy scott yeah, I get to tell you a story I saw. And and I would be. And I would probably go through and say, this is what it could be. Mm. The unexciting, boring, skeptical view. Yeah. And this is what it felt like. You kind of be the judge. Interesting. What do you think she witnessed then? I know you said aliens. I don't know if that was in jest. I was just or, joking. Yeah. <laughs> okay, like, do you think it was replay of something that had happened before? And like just kind of like that ghostly thing where it's like going through the motions. And that's why it was robotic sounding. That's why it was just kind of like monotone and plain or do you think it was something entirely different i think it could have been something like that or or you know maybe a, a vision of the future in that area yeah when that area had more people you know then we go left. on the times again where yeah. like things happen can happen at the same time True. past present and future they said how the first house on the left right right and this was like a park area yeah. And so I can't remember, did they mention there ever being houses on the left? They, it or didn't like sound it like just it. just only on the right. Yeah, it was only on the right, I think. Hmm. So maybe there were houses there in the past. Yeah. You know. But that doesn't sound right. Like, why would they put houses up and then be like, oh, never mind, tear these down. Let's build on the other side of the street. Or maybe the person was just lost. What if there was like astro projection at that point? Hmm. Because you're not quite trapped within our way of thinking where you can't astral project and yeah. maybe at certain times of your life it's easier to you know kind of get out there just because you don't you're not restricted in the way you think about the world all of a sudden and then maybe that's why it was kind of confusing i don't know i'm just reaching but that would be yeah. like a, a good story to tell for somebody out there another interesting concept would be kind of like uh timelines like overlapping or something like that right it's clearly in the middle of a storm downpour Ooh. stuff like that like what if it's an electrical storm and just the right conditions were met and these two timelines overlapped and in this universe all oh, the houses are to the left but in in our universe the houses are to the right kind of uh created a little warm warm yeah. hole that would be, I mean, I feel like that would be a possible, I'm mean, not saying that's definitely what happened for sure. There's no way we could know that. But I think if you're reaching for different possibilities on something like this. The veil got kind of pierced for a little bit yeah. by the storm. You could see into the next reality. What do you think, Heather? Yeah, where's it's your interesting. I mean, the portal definitely makes sense. But then I like the theory of a ghost too. Yeah. Just like playing out this, but yeah, what, like, what like a boring around, thing like, to play out, right? Maybe they what just really boring... like their home. Yeah. yeah, we're just going home. It's yeah. almost like that. That what is it? The like you've you've heard like woman in white and stuff like that. Those stories, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like you pick up this lady and then you take her home, and she's been dead for thirty years. Yeah, you know? uh, I usually hear they just pick up the lady and give her a ride. They never take her home. What kind of stories are you just reading? Maybe I'm watching Supernatural from fifteen years <laughs> okay. ago. Yeah, that's it. Deep. But I have heard those stories, yeah. like. They so meet the, somebody it, on the road. And it's like white. similar, right? It's, yeah. kind of, it's kind of like a similar lore mm -hmm. to what this this story was. Right. Just vanishes right before your yeah. eyes, which is a call forward to an episode that we're going to be doing. Maybe they're just lost spirits and they're trying to go home. Yeah. yeah. That's this what is, I like. Uh, I like that version more yeah. than... Oh, but you would think they would have like more 
I don't know, gusto in their voice. <laughs> like, not just, sorry, we live in the last, or the first house. Maybe they're the tired. Maybe they're journey. Maybe they've just been like on a loop yeah. for 30 years. And they're just like, man, maybe I'm here, he's... like Groundhog's Day. Yeah. Here like, oh, are, yeah. Maybe he's been doing that for years. And all of a sudden, somebody noticed me. He's like, oh, shit, what do we do now? Yeah. And the wife's yeah. like, play it cool, play it cool. Don't trust yeah. him. Be cool, be cool. It's a cop. Be cool, be cool. <laughs> Even in the afterlife. They're stoned out of their mind. Like, oh god. It's like the other Thank story you. where yeah. the criminal goes running away after he died. Yeah. These people are like, be cool, man. Yeah. I got weed in my pocket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, children are listening, Christian. Good God. No. How dare you? Yeah. I'm I'm just like playing the scenario of the ghost. Are you? Yeah. Nice. Well, we just turned a ghost story into time travel portals. That's what I want to do. That's freaky. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I want to explore the different possibilities because some of these are like boring stories. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like it, there's, what's the point of that? What's the point of you finding a couple walking down the street and pouring rain and, and they then they're just, just not there? Yeah. Like, were, there's got to be something more yeah, to that. They were know? old people that were drug dealers and they got nervous around the cops. And that's why Classic. it sounded so robotic. Yeah. That's what Those happened. Those old people, drug dealers. Are yeah. Such you see so many of those Walter yeah, White's all couples, over the street. You know? Yeah, yeah, he had, yeah. he he Walter White was his protege. That's Small how Small mom's cop operation going on. Yeah. <laughs> he started making that kind of drug in World War II for the Germans. That's right. Well, why does it got to be the Germans? Why can't the Americans? It do? always because is. It, yeah. it calls back to a former episode. Nice Project Paperclip. He was part of it. Yeah, go find that uh, season one, one. episode mm -hmm. four. Yeah, I think Any, right. You, anyone missed it? It's a good one. Yeah. Wow, did I did I call that? I think that actually is the episode. I remember just because of the video previews that I did. Mm -hmm. And I remember the God, I've got like a weird mind that only works for certain random information. You know, it's a quite it's a beautiful <laughs> mind. All well, right. Yeah. Well, Russell Crowe over here, sure. <laughs> Going back to the like one of those early episodes, I just want to thank Sierra for sharing our podcast with a friend. Thank you, Sierra. Finger points to the camera. <laughs> Yeah, if, <laughs> Sierra, if you're not watching on YouTube, we'll clip this. Yeah, for you. you got yeah. a full right. finger point. Yeah, and you can figure out how it got back to us. Yeah. Da -na -na. No, it's fine. Um, <laughs> it was anyway. uh, this, that old drug dealing couple the cops pulled over. We knew them. That's, yeah, there you go. It all, thanks for tying that together with zero. Uh, it's back around. Yeah, zero questions. <laughs> Fit perfectly, Christian. Thank you. All right. We're going on to the encounter. Via True Police Stories of the Strange and Unexplained by Ingrid P. Ding. <clears throat> Sorry. Get out. <laughs> I retired from the police force in 2002. The encounter occurred. The, the encounter occurred in the middle of the night in September 2008 at my home in a rural area near Holland, Michigan which is on the coast of Lake Michigan. It had been a warm and calm, uneventful evening. My family was in bed, and the last thing I remember is that I was sitting on the couch watching TV. The next thing I knew, I was standing in the yard outside my home. It was dark and very quiet. I was not dreaming. I was completely conscious. The silence was eerie. Ahead in the near distance, I saw a pin-sized light and then a very bright wave-like flash that seemed to move through and pass me. It almost knocked me back a step. Then I felt a presence behind me, and when I turned around to see, there were three small gray beings just standing there, shoulder to shoulder. 
They were the classic gray, four feet. They were the classic gray, four feet eight tall aliens. Classic gray. They were the classic gray, four feet tall aliens that are commonly seen in science fiction movies and books. They had large black, almond-shaped eyes and long slender arms and legs. Oddly enough, I was not afraid and I did not feel intimidated in the least. It was as if I somehow knew them. The being in the middle said they needed my help. His lips did not move. Communication was telepathic and I heard his request as if it had come from a friend or a neighbor. I willingly agreed to help. I don't remember what happened next, but the next thing I remember is looking up and seeing a huge craft hovering. There was a second craft about 400 feet away from the main one, and I sensed that time had passed since I first communicated with them, but I couldn't tell how much. I was in a semi-paralyzed state and very tired, as though I had done a lot of work. My breathing was heavy, and I felt damp with perspiration. It took all of my strength to just stand up. My arms hung down at my sides, and as I looked up at the craft, I noticed something out of the corner of my eye. Using all the strength I could muster, I looked to my left and saw two men, humans whom I didn't recognize, standing near me. We were about 10 feet apart from each other and looking up. They appeared to be in their 30s. Neither of them seemed able to talk, and they looked as paralyzed and as tired as me. They were breathing heavily too, and there was no sound to be heard, nor a breath of air moving. A bright light at ground level was, was behind us and illuminated the area, including the craft hanging in the air. But I couldn't turn around to see the source. Then I realized the small gray beans were gone. The next thing I remember was looking up at the craft in the night sky. There was a thunderous sound and an opening two or three hundred feet wide appeared in the sky. It was amazing. I could see blue sky and clouds through the opening, but it was still nighttime where I stood. Clouds were, quote, turning into themselves, unquote, around the opening. What do you think that means? Like, just to, just to stop you for a moment there. I like, think like almost like they were ripping a hole in like time space or like time travel or I think that maybe as the clouds were coming back together, they were like, like rotating into each other, yeah. kind of like turning in like a portal almost, right? Like opening up a like filling in like this craft had gone up through the clouds. It sounds like kind of punched a hole in the clouds so huh. a person could see blue yeah. on the other side. Yeah. And then the clouds kind of rolled upon themselves. Like but it's, it's, this is happening the gap. at night. This is happening at night, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if he sees like a blue sky beneath oh, the... Then he would see some kind of portal. Yeah. Because yeah. that would be a different time Almost that, that like he's looking like into. Almost time and just going into this different... Which is one of the theories on how you would travel those huge distances. Yeah. It's one of the main ones, right? It's like folding like a paper pretty much and just punching holes in the yeah. other side. Yeah. It's... It's the one that gives us the most hope of interstellar travel, I think. Yeah, yeah. So when I, when I read that, I was like, oh, damn. That, like, I was just trying to visualize it because he, he, he worded it properly. Yeah. Like, in a way that I could picture it, like, turning into themselves pretty much. Like, like I got that same. image. I, I forgot to the image before that of the blue sky. Yeah. So that makes perfect sense that yeah. it would have to be something like that. It was a great visual aid on this, on this uh, cop's part. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is also sometimes what they're best at is seeing things that the rest of us observing yeah, yeah. They're, they're trained that's in their training is to take down notes details that type of stuff yeah even like former cops that i work with it's just a part of their life after that yeah they observe everything all right where was i at okay clouds were turning into themselves around the opening then in the blink of an eye the first craft flew into the opening followed instantly by the second ship then the sky closed up again i heard a clap of thunder with that, I woke from this strange state 
and found myself inside the house. However, my eight-year-old daughter was now sleeping on the living room floor, which was weird. What the hell just happened to me, I wondered. I grabbed my kids' crayons and started drawing what I saw. I noticed it was about 5.30 a.m. At this point, I was in a, in a daze. My wife went to work, my daughter to school, and I didn't share my experience with anyone. As usual, my wife, my wife called me from work later that day. She told me that our daughter woke up around 3.30 a.m. and saw a lot of bright flashing lights outside our roof door mirror window. My wife told her to go back to bed, but instead our daughter went to sleep on the living room floor. My jaw dropped when my wife told me this because I had not said anything to her about what had happened to me. I had now received some confirmation that my encounter had really happened. Later I talked with my daughter about the night and she said she saw about 11 flashes of light. That's all she counted before she got scared and put her head underneath the covers. She waited a little while before looking up again and she didn't see the lights anymore. She ran up to tell her mom. If my daughter awoke between 3 a.m. and 3.30 a.m. and I found myself back inside the house two hours later, what happened to me during those two plus hours? Why did I feel so tired? And most importantly, why couldn't I remember anything in between? I was sick with flu-like symptoms for a week, which was odd because I seldom get the flu, especially at the end of summer. I filed a report with the Mutual UFO Network, MUFON, and they have been supportive and helpful. MUFON said that I'm one of only a few people who remembered the hole in the sky. They also said it's not unusual to remember the beginning and the ending of such an experience. Two scientists came up from Detroit and Indianapolis to do exhaustive testing and a complete search of my property. They inspected a small tree in the backyard that dropped dead only one week later. They also found some plants dying off and they took soil and leaf samples. I have not heard anything back as of this time and I believe the investigation is still ongoing. There's not a day or an hour that goes by when I don't think about this experience. It doesn't run my life, but I constantly replay the incident over in my mind. It was an extraordinary experience, one I never thought would happen to me, but it did and my life will never be the same. Afterward, I felt driven to make a model of the UFO. I also designed a rudimentary picture of the hole in the sky. The craft had vein-like lines going around the outside of the main sphere. These red veins had a glossy appearance. The two smaller white globes on the ends of the beams seem to glow slightly. That is a very interesting account and very detailed. Yes. Very Except detailed. for the middle. What happened in the middle, dude? Like yeah. what happened to this guy? That's what he would like to know. UFO story, man, documented pretty well, I'd say, especially with the corroboration with the, the daughter sees about 11 flashes. Mm -hmm. That's a very detailed number as well. It was about 11. I wonder how many people were out in that field with that guy and how how if the men in black yeah. were there with the little memory sticks and that's what the flashes were. Yeah. You're mixing up reality and television again, Christian. But it makes kind of sense. A little bit. That's, that's one of the joys of the first men in black is it kind of made sense. Yeah. Well, there's theories around like surrounding that too, right? Like right. Hollywood pulls this stuff from actual. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. So it, this one is is a lot of fun and it's scary. A little bit, right? Yeah. Like it, it seems, it seems kind. Like it seems like they're not like no harm or anything like that. But also, you don't know. Like the dude was literally just out there. He sees a couple other humans that are also tired and like paralyzed at the same time, which is a callback to a lot of stories of people that like allegedly get abducted by these things. 
they say that like there's this one lady i forget it was like some amazon documentary or something like that i was watching but she talked about remembering her experience of pretty much being on this ship and like looking around and there's just tons of naked people right and they're all dazed and they're all paralyzed and they're just staring blankly right very docile yeah and she says she remembered one of the people she saw as someone that she ran into at like a market, like a supermarket one of these times. So it was like people from the town That's weird. that just like randomly abducted and like, I don't know, man, like the the whole and we'll do an episode on alien abductions at some point because I've been putting it off because it just kind of kind of freaks me out a little bit. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just a, there's a weird vibe to it that you're like, mm, is that the know. only reason we haven't talked about it? Because probably sca- not scares you more than the stuff that's already scared you. Uh, no, I, I just don't want like what happens if if we're discussing it and then midway through one of us is like, oh, shit, I think I was abducted. That'd like, be what, awesome. If you like, uh, just uncover this little piece of history. Like you when know. you had Amanda and Will on, and I didn't realize that yeah. I apparently have had a UFO experience. Heather, but yeah, I was just <laughs> okay. like, Wait. why does everybody else, but else remember it? I don't. That is kind of freaky. Yeah, that that lines up with you know abduction. That mm-hmm. makes that makes a lot of sense from our perspective. That explains a lot. How do you feel about this story, Heather? Uh, like, actually, for, do you believe it? Like alien abductions happen, or do you? Yeah, there's far too many stories. Like stories of weird and things and seeing ufos and different they're just and the like the world's just too big yeah the universe everything for it like, just to be yeah just be us random people yeah, yeah. So, so what do you feel about the story it's definitely creepy i mean that guy has like get, one hell of a memory well it's because like i mean i want to think that i'll remember all that but then even when like stressful big stories i'll think and then like later to tell somebody i'm like oh i like leave out half the details so yeah. like that descriptive i'm like Dang. yeah that's it's the story of someone that takes notes yeah. yes and has a way with words. Sure. Because it kind of flowed together. It did. Yeah, it was yeah. very well spoken. Yeah, I know. Like crazy. That. I keep going back to that that hole punched out of the clouds. Like and the the fact that MUFON was like, you're one of the few people that remembers that. Well, it was blue sky and then not, you know, it was not yeah. there. That was yeah. What well, else could that be but some kind like of time? Punching into it, yeah. Or like yeah, not hyper yeah, opposite side of the world or something like that when it's daytime. You know, anywhere really. Yeah. yeah. Even if you dimension that hopping. would still be time travel yeah if it was the other side of the world true yeah or you know or dimensional travel it would still be pretty amazing yeah there are a couple of things and we've talked about it i think in season one that we were gonna talk about it at some point we still will hmm. but a group of books called the palmdale files yeah i can't cross those yeah and the description that he talked about with the veiny parts and <laughs> kind of reminds yeah that hand motion you did when you said that. <laughs> the, the, the veiny parts. <laughs> I'm talking. I'm talking about a space UFO. Like you Scott gotta, you gotta like emphasize 10, like, the yeah. description of the UFO, the veiny yeah. UFO. That's all we were talking about. Why I would I have to? Descri- Heather and I instantly thought we're of like Jeff 10. Bezos' uh, rocket that he just launched into space. The veiny parts of Jeff Bezos' rocket. How many other people <sighs> out there thought that? When let us at, know. Or oh, when you said veiny, or when I said Jeff Bezos' rocket. Yeah, I'm pretty sure everybody knew I was talking about the veiny. Yeah. Rocket. It would be quite a leap if you weren't. The, okay, the Bainey yeah. UFO. All, right, all I know is we got you to say Bainey. It was, it was UFOs. The, flu- on this. the fluorescent. The, the finger anyway. movements are okay. <laughs> okay. All right. And let's, spirit fingers over here. Yeah. Okay, let's go back to another part of that story. We'll move go. on. Okay. To the punching the hole in the clouds. We'll move on. Move on. Um, but the punching the hole in the clouds is described in that book too. Yeah. And I, you know, you do hear hear about it you see some videos on youtube 
I think most of those are fake. Maybe. What was that one that happened? Um, and I'm sure we've talked about it on the podcast before, but it was either Philadelphia or somewhere else. <laughs> it, was a, it was a city. <laughs> those are the objects. On the they planet. Don't say, it was, Scott. It was you really, or it was somewhere else. Yeah. Um, yeah. No way. I think it was in Pennsylvania. Let's just say that. All right. Um, and the greater a bunch of Philly people, area. Yeah. A bunch of people on the highway saw this thing where the UFO came down pretty much on a tarmac, like just hovered above the tarmac of this airport and for long enough that people were calling it in and people were pulling off on the highway to to look at this thing right. and then shot straight up and like, I don't know, one second flat punched a hole through the clouds and it was just gone. The and amount that was of Bigfoot stories in Pennsylvania. Yeah. And then when you tie the two together, I mean, because there's a lot of stories from Pennsylvania in that true. area. I always have trouble and I think it, like if you can't, me personally, I always have trouble tying Bigfoot and UFO together. It's really not that hard to do. Though. No, read like, that book. I, <laughs> I, I think it takes away from both the majesty. And I think I'm going to bring that to, book have to you before be, you go to the slope. To have it be studied seriously, you got to separate the two. And if they yeah. interconnect later on, that's fine. But uh, it's too easy to to like not take that seriously, especially if you add the two together. You think it just like gums up the works then? It's like, okay, well now nobody knows what's going on because everything is apparently connected well, to UFOs and Bigfoot. It makes it easy for me because I think Bigfoot is just- Big monkey. Or an ape or a, a, a human, this relative. <laughs> okay. Human relative. It's a human guys. <laughs> yeah. We figured it so, out. Yeah. So, I mean, it's easy for me to throw out all the UFO stuff. That's only because I have a very rational belief that if there was a Bigfoot, that it would be something as simple as that. It would still be amazing because this whole time we've been talking about it and haven't found it. We haven't found it. Plenty of people have apparently found it. Mm -hmm. Allegedly. Allegedly. I can't even say Excuse it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How many syllables is in that, Christian? Clap it out. Yeah. So, uh, Christian, do you want... Uh, we're going to take this into our favorite segment here on the show, The Skeptic Stance. Christian, give us your thoughts on the stories that you've heard uh, from the episode. What do you think? Do you think there's more to it? Do you think that maybe since these are cops telling these stories, um, that they're a little more fond of, of keeping these details accurate? I would say because they're cops, and this is why people take these type of witnesses to things like this much more seriously, mm. is they are tra uh, trained to observe, like we said. They are very rational about what they, like any of us would panic just by seeing anything halfway like this. Yeah. Their mind automatically, after training and practicing, can s slow things down in a way to where they can, you know, grasp more information. That's why those kind of witnesses, especially, you know, police officers are considered kind of a coup for this type of stuff because they're good witnesses. They remember a lot more than any of us would. Hmm. And you can see by some of these stories how much they remember. And and the very first story with the ghost is what I'll call it. That is a crazy story, especially for somebody like me that doesn't really believe in ghosts, but it reminds me of that old Civil War footage that I saw on YouTube that I've talked about before, hmm. where you kind of see those soldiers kind of walking in a place that they couldn't physically walk nowadays, but it was like an, like almost like a film in an image just repeating yeah. in history. And that's, Maybe the guy in the car crash hadn't realized his history was over. So the spirit part of him was still running until he went on to the next world. So do you lend more credibility to these stories because they're cops? 
Or do you like that? I guess the, the main question is, do you believe these stories? I believe I definitely believe the first one is very possible hmm. for whatever reason. Yeah. It could have been as something as simple as they saw some kind of energy and their brains form the running aspect of it because that's just the way our brain works. Maybe maybe they didn't see anything but something in still going and they formed it as running. But yeah. that would still mean something was there, some kind of energy that left that now true dead person yeah. quickly interesting what was the second story again that was the couple that was walking mm -hmm. that one was creepy on so many levels you, you got creepy vibes from it like more creepy with the than, robot voice, well i mean with the kind of ghosty yeah. robot like yeah. Well, yeah we start with the robot voice and then i started playing it in my mind and you heard me just spouting crazy crap off but some of that's playing in my mind and i'm like oh that would be kind of creepy and then if they disappeared yeah and then like with the encounter story, I've heard some of these some of these stories before, and it's always hard just to go by a story. Mm. But a cop story is usually going to be a better story and more credible with yeah. a lot more detail than any other witness. True. Yeah, I liked the the little detail in the first one when um, they tell their supervisor, and the supervisor like, "Yeah, leave all that ghost shit out of there." <laughs> like, like when you make this report, be sure to leave the spirit chasing out. Yeah, that would be trippy to see. Like, I mean, I guess uh, when I was looking into this, like I didn't and we'll probably do more episodes similar to this, like just based on occupation, like occupational mm -hmm. stuff, like we'll get some nurse stories and all, all kinds of fun stuff like that. But military but, stories. Yeah, those th they got some weird stories, man, especially when they're like abroad and stuff like that. Yeah. But one of the things I found interesting was when I was reading for this episode, it didn't make the episode, but there's a lot of those first responders especially with um like ambulance and stuff like that when they get to a car accident or anything of that nature and they get out and there's a lot of them that report seeing the same person that's on the ground dead like standing in the crowd looking at it like their soul just kind of left their body and is looking like wait am i dead like is that me god man see i get i get goosebumps just thinking about that stuff mm -hmm. i would trip the hell out if i was looking at dead body and looked up and was like oh like ghost yeah and it's it, just it's it, trippy man i don't i don't know and it's like a like an inside secret that they don't talk about much but they do talk about it because mm -hmm. they've had you've you've heard of multiple stories i've yeah. heard stories like that from my friends that that's what they did there was a picture i found once of a, a car wreck and it showed like an ambulance and it showed like the people around this i want to say it was a maybe like a teenager or something like that but in the picture there's what looks to be energy some kind of energy floating up from above where the the kid was at mm -hmm. like halfway into the like the trees i think trees were in the background or something halfway into the trees you see this like almost spirit of a person floating up yeah yeah i don't know it's just it always gives me the heebie-jeebies man i think about the stuff i'm like oh god i can't have you ever been like where someone's like you know and died and like i mean like reading all this stuff i'm always going with yeah. open mind like nothing weird happens you're like what the crap i had one and it was it's kind of crazy because it was my first experience with death and the first time coming on an accident scene like right afterwards and it creeped me out for a long time and it basically i was in when i lived in palmdale i was in high school at some point and i heard this just loud like horrendous crash that i'd never heard before so i come outside and i could see people stopping about a quarter of a mile up my street there's a major palmdale boulevard mm. that crosses and I could see traffic slowing. So I walk up there and there's a car accident, two cars to hit head on. And I cross the street being kind of a looky-loo 
And then at some point I realized there's a lady on the ground in front of me that's covered with a sheet. And this is within like five minutes, if that, Damn. of the accident happening. It's pretty quick. Yeah. And then there's a guy that's in the other car who's okay. He's alive. He's hurting. But the lady had gone like basically through the windshield. And it was crazier because then I get to school and I'm telling the story and I find out it's a guy I'd known for years mom that was the one that was that had died in the car accident but it was just my first experience with something like that and it just was creepy and a weird feeling i didn't see anything i don't know if i was paying enough attention even if there was something it was just a normal setting but it creeped me out for a long time my grandpa died in my grandparents home and like my grandma lives there now but like nothing ever has been weird or I always go in kind of like thinking about it when I was younger. I'd always be like, Grandpa, like, especially in the room that he was, you know, had passed in, but nothing ever as weird has come of it or anything. Like, yeah. it's just an old house. Yeah. When you're around, um, and this is going to sound pretty macabre for a moment here. When, when you're around death, does it feel thicker? Like, does the air feel thicker? Is there like more tension? Is it something tangible that you can pick up on or is it just it, like any other? It, it just did not feel normal at all. It felt yeah. like there was this weight. And I don't know if it was the weight of realizing that people actually die Yeah. for the first time because, you know, when you're young, you don't really think about those type of things. Or if it was like just the way the air was after something that tragic and that devastating it happened to somebody i i couldn't tell you what caused that effect but you could feel it and you could feel it like almost deep within you yeah like it was like a something that almost you could feel a grip around your lungs or something like that you just weren't breathing the same yeah. you weren't experiencing any of this, anything the same and i'm not sure after that the world looks quite the same like a little piece of you goes with that. Yeah. Like that l little bit of innocence lost as you yeah. realize that you're in a cruel world. And Damn. I think a lot of people have it way worse than I did it in a younger age and stuff like that. Yeah. And maybe I was a little sheltered, but it, it, it became a little bit more noticeable in that moment. I imagine it would. Yeah. That's heavy stuff. Yeah. Well, not everyone's sad. Sorry. Um, yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to give you a few quick hits before we close out this episode. Pretty much. These are just, uh, like clips and, and whatnot from articles, newspapers, all that fun stuff. Um, we'll start with this one from the St. Louis post dispatch taking place in Fort Bragg, North Carolina. One night army officer and physician, Jeffrey McDonald stabbed his pregnant wife and his daughters about being sad, right? Oh, Here we go. Yeah. Let's dive back in. Everyone get your sad, your sad faces on. One night, Army officer and physician Jeffrey McDonald stabbed his pregnant wife and his daughters, two and five, to death in their home. The house remained empty for five years after, after with boards over the windows and the power shut off. Nonetheless, military policemen Oliver Boyer and other MPs were dispatched there at were dispatched there a half dozen times regarding mysterious circumstances. Boyer, now the sheriff of Jefferson County in Missouri, says, quote, it wasn't unusual. It's not unusual. No. <laughs> he says, quote, sorry, I have to liven these things up with humor because they're very sad. It wasn't unusual for us to get calls to the house because people saw lights on or they heard someone talking or screaming inside the residence, end quote. He said, giving credence to some of the calls was the fact the complaints were high ranking officers on the base. The situation reached a point where some unnerved officers refused to search the house. 
so you have these MPs getting called to a residence where there was this violent murder from this guy that that killed his or stabbed his pregnant wife and his two children. It was Jeffrey McDonald. Um, yes. Is that name sounds so familiar to me? Well, have you ever eaten at McDonald's? No. Yes, I have. <laughs> yeah. But to, wasn't there a movie made about him? I can't imagine there was. That'd be pretty. That's oh, that's old McDonald's. Sorry, folks. Christian got it wrong. Um, I actually think I've seen a movie about that. About that particular story? Yeah. I'd have to look into it a little bit more. You not about the ghost part of it. About yeah. the actual part where he killed his wife. Interesting. And kids. Yeah. But the Very ghost part of it's pretty crazy. Uh, Heather, do you want to read that, that last one? And you can okay. kind of close this out a bit. On one foggy October night, a veteran officer was patrolling an area called LeMay Ferry Road when he saw what appeared to be an elderly couple walking near the Park Lawn Cemetery. I see a theme you're giving me, elderly couples, to read about. <laughs> Take that. It was 3 a.m. The man was wearing a brown suit and the woman a light-colored dress, clothes hardly appropriate given the damp and chilly evening. Officer DeCandia later told the St. Louis Dispatch in an interview, I honestly thought, they were people visiting a grave, and perhaps they had Alzheimer's. There was a nursing home close by. When the officer saw the woman take the man's hand and the two of them walk into the graveyard, he, de he decided to check them out. But when he turned into the cemetery, they were gone. Quote, that's when I got the chills, he said. Quote, I had watched them for a good 20 to 30 seconds. Officer DeCandia patrolled the same area for another two years, but never saw them again. He's a check. He is a detective now, and he still can't get the image out of his mind. Quote, it's something I won't soon forget. I wasn't tired, and I know what I saw. Interesting. That is almost yeah. like directly the same exact as your last same story. Thing. He yeah. saw like, an, like if, this people just like, couple this couple's just, just like cruising different yeah, towns. all over America. Yeah. You know, it'd be worse. The Forrest Gump of couples. <laughs> what if Heather was driving home after this and she oh, saw no. an old couple? I hope you don't. Oh. If you do, you got to talk to them. Yeah, but put over. it on record in case something happens to you. We can have a record. Pull over on the side of the road and be like, excuse me, strange question for you. I actually have a funny, Ghosts? funny, not like ghost story um, of with a weird recording that happened yesterday really? and an old lady. Oh, interesting. So, you know, I claim for my sister because she's a paraplegic in a wheelchair. So I go over yeah. once a week, help and everything. And she's taking care of my parents' dog. And there's this dog next door and he likes to try and come through the fence. Nice. And he's broke the fence actually, and they had like reinforce it and everything. <laughs> well, his dog barks all the time. My sister like finally I had to call the HOA about it. Yeah. Well, my friend, I was cleaning and it wouldn't stop barking, so I finally called my sister. I'm like, you gotta call this lady, call the HOA again. And so my friend calls and she's like, dog trainer and everything. I'm telling her about it. And she's like, what kind of dog is it? And I'm like, well, actually, there's a fence by its backyard. I'm like, listen to this. So I put it on Facetime. And I'm holding the phone over so she can see. And she's like, oh, it's a boxer, I see. She's like, oh, weird, they're not aggressive. And I'm like, yeah, right? Like, hold my phone down when the old lady comes out. So I'm like, throw my phone down on behalf of the fence and I'm talking to her, the most awkward conversation. And like, she knows at this point we called the HOA, trying to explain it and like, yeah. weird exchange. And then I get in the house, my friend's just laughing her ass off. Like, she's quiet the whole time. She's like, that was the most awkward interaction I had <laughs> to ever hear, Heather. And she's like, it made my day. Like, yeah, thank you. You are so, prone to awkward situations, right? Yeah, it was like I the worst. I'm like too. peeping. I was like, well, hey, like, uh, yeah, can you just like tell your dog to stop barking, please? And like not try to like break down yeah. our fence. Thanks. Like, 
oh yeah sure here's your number yeah. i'll call you next time <laughs> like old lady's like yeah sure let me have a heart to heart with my dog that clearly the listens thing is to me like all the satan time. and a dog it's terrifying yeah. yeah well hopefully she's not a listener of the show heather because yeah. you might have scared her off all right then be a responsible dog owner and if your dog's barking put it in the house yeah. and don't let it tear down fence there you go True i still want to see you see these old people walking and talking robotic when you pull over to talk to them for the pod me let's, too let's not and on that note Thanks we'll for listening, out. and uh, we will close it out. We'll close it out. Thanks for tuning in, Heather. I, I already covered yeah. the social medias. You got any closing statements you want the the people no, to know? No, just share a story. If you have anything, again, like Scott said, just email it in at the gang at the freaky deaky. That's what I like to hear. Ghost or not real? Yeah. Let um, me know why you think they are. Yeah. Shout out to Canada. We've been getting some Canadian listeners. We'd like to hear that. If you're from Canada, listening to the show. Send us in some lore from Canada. We want to hear about it. Yes. And some Tim Hortons. Yeah, send us no, in some No, just Tim the ketchup bits. chips. The ketchup chips. They are amazing. Okay. Old Dutch ketchup chips, right. if anyone's listening. The outro music has started. They're good. <laughs> it's, they're so good. <laughs>
the veiny parts, 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 the veiny parts. The veiny parts, 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 the veiny parts.